Hello and welcome to this episode of Entertainment Rebooted. Today, Logan Buchanan is going to be talking to you guys a little bit about trailers. Then, Matt Hordesky is going to be telling you about the new Netflix show, That 90s Show. Let's get right into it. What's up, guys? My name is Logan Buchanan, and today I'm sitting down to talk to you on this beautiful episode of Entertainment Rebooted. I'm here to talk about trailers, the good, the bad, what are trailers supposed to even do? In my opinion, a trailer is supposed to showcase the movie without spoiling too much and giving away key, key details that would kind of ruin the film if you watch the trailer beforehand. And I think one of the biggest contenders of ruining stuff before the movie's released through their trailers is Marvel. Even though I love Marvel to death, a lot of their trailers kind of give away some of the key details or give enough information away that eagle-eyed fans and fans of the comics can piece together and lose some of that enjoyment that comes with a brand new movie, a brand new story. On the other side of it, though, trailers for Marvel have also been adding in different scenes or recontextualizing scenes to throw fans off. And I don't know how I feel about that. I really want to know your guys' opinion on trailers. Do you like them? Do you hate them do you watch trailers i know a lot of people don't even watch trailers they just go into movies blind but a key example if you haven't seen spider-man no way home what are you doing it's been out for a year it got re-released in theaters it's i'm pretty sure it's on streaming sites just go watch it please go watch it you'll do you're doing yourself a disfavor if you haven't seen it but in the trailers they didn't showcase toby and andrew in the scenes that they were actually in. They would just show Tom Holland, or they would just show certain villains that didn't tie in to Toby and Andrew. And it's really interesting because fans knew, they knew that it was Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man, but Sony the entire time was, no, no, it's not. It's a surprise. It, you, you can't, you're not smarter than us. And it kind of like, it kind of makes me feel dumb. You know, like the studio doesn't think I can piece things together like that. Yeah, the camera is way too wide just to be showcasing Tom Holland. There's definitely room for two other Spider-Man. Oh, look, the lizard just got kicked in the face. But on the other side, I don't want to walk into a movie expecting something because I watched the trailers and seeing something completely different. I know some people have pointed out that some trailers are very, very misleading in the fact that they completely hide the story and they completely hide what the movie is about to the point where people are expecting a completely different movie and they get a little upset and frustrated when they paid money to see a movie that they're actually not watching. They're watching a completely different one. So I got to know the guys. I got to know. What is your favorite trailer? Do you watch trailers? Do you? Because I know my friend Anthony, he doesn't even watch trailers. He just goes into movies blind. But whether you like them or you dislike them, please let us know on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere that you can find us and continue to watch Entertainment Rebooted. It is the best entertainment podcast radio segment of all time. You know it. I know it. Keep it locked. Thank you so much, Logan. We love to hear it. Now let's switch it over to Matt to hear about that 90s show. Good afternoon and hello, Wisconsin. My name is Matt and welcome to my very first show review. 
Today, I'm going to talk about the first season of That 90s Show, which is a spin-off to the well-known That 70s Show. To be honest, when I first heard that That 70s Show was going to have a spin-off, I was a little skeptical, not gonna lie. But not many spin-offs work out, nor fa- last a whole season. However, I saw a trailer and did a little digging, and I generally thought that this may have some potential. First of all, Deborah Jo Rupp and Kerwood Smith would reprise their roles as Red and Kitty Foreman respectively, so I was like, yeah, I feel like they're going to stay the, going to stay the show. As for new cast, as disappointed I was when I found out that the original cast were just going to make cameo appearances, something told me that I was going to warm up to the new characters. Anywho, the first season of that 90s show consisted of 10 episodes, and each episode was 21 minutes long, so I imagined there would be so little time to fill. The premise of it was that Eric and Don's daughter, Leah, played by Callie Haverda, stays with their grandparents for the summer in order to not only avoid going to space camp with their father, but to also get like a full teenage experience as there were people her age living on the street. As for Vera's acting, I personally think that she portrayed the character very well. She managed to spark the quirkiness and awkwardness that Topher Grace had as Eric Foreman. Though the dialogue was a bit iffy, I feel like once she got the character the character down, it would be smooth sailing from there. Ashley Alfredide played Gwen, who was a rebellious teenage girl who starts to become Leia's best friend after the first episode. With her spunky personality, I feel like she, this immerses us into Gwen into the feel of being involved in the movement that happened in the 90s. Maxwell Donovan plays Nate, who who is Gwen's dimwitted older brother and is dating a fellow member of the group, Nikki, who is played by Sam Morlos. I honestly was not proud of the in-friend group couple cliche, because the writers already pulled that in the original That Sony show with Jackie and Kelso. Rain Doy plays Ozzy, who ended up being my favorite character out of the new cast. Ozzy's the youngest member of the crew, and we find out that he is openly gay. And lastly, we have Miss Cornell, who plays Jay Kelso, who we find out at the end of the first episode that he's the son of Michael Kelso, who is uh, one of the members of the original gang in the That Sunday Show. One of Eric and Don's old friends, who who Red despised greatly, he's considered the player of the group. So his love stories between him and Leia sets the backbone of the show. I personally thought that the writers did a stand-up job with the casting of the new crew. I'm not going to say, oh, no one else could play this role better than this guy, because who knows, there could be other candidates suitable for these roles. But I'm glad that we got the cast we got. Even though that that Sony show lasted for eight seasons, I'm kind of glad that the 90s show was in that traditional Netflix format. As someone who binged it in one sitting, it felt like I was taking from point A to point B and was fully immersed to the whole storyline due to the plot advancing enough in comparison to that Sony show, which aired weekly. Anywho, the writers of that 90s show made a smart move bringing Red and Kitty back as co-leads. If you do not remember who Red and Kitty are or have never seen that Sony show, they are Eric's parents and the granddaughter Leia would be staying at their place for the summer. They had the same spark they had in that Sony show as if, as if we were just catching up with them after 20 or so years. I know there are some that wanted Red and Kitty as background characters as they were the adults, but don't forget that they are, the, they are veterans, so they know every line they are given forwards and backwards. And they were given some great lines to deal with, in my opinion. It is no doubt that they were the glue to that 90s show. Now, I want to talk about the plot twist at the season finale. 
Honestly, I wasn't satisfied, but I felt like if they hyped it up for an episode or two, maybe I would be more at the edge of my seat. But the writers sprung it out as the last 10 minutes of the season finale. Aside from that, it was great that the writers brought back most of the original cast, even if it was just for a cameo. This was a smart smart tactic to use in order to bring back the audience that watched that Sony show back when it was airing on Fox. Rest assured, I never watched it when it came out as I was not born yet, but I started watching it on, on my, my sophomore year of high school when it was on Netflix. And I was amazed by the character dynamics and comedic timing, and I'm glad that carried on to that 90s show. This also created a full nostalgia to adults who grew up in the 90s. Now like I said, I was born in the early 2000s, so I wasn't around to live to see the 90s, but I heard it was a great decade and times were simpler back then, from what I heard. Also, uh, before we wrap it up, I want to talk about the theme song. It was basically the same theme song from original, but more fast-paced, and it was it was sung by a female. It was a it was sung by a female singer. Now, honestly, I I kind of like the original one. Like, no offense to the the new theme song or people who like the theme song better, but I just prefer it more like I was like used to it. Like I've known it for years. That was my first short review from that night show. What do you think of that 90s show? Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in this week. You could check us out on any podcasting platforms. And you could listen to us on the radio at 1 on 88.1 every Sunday. Thanks for listening.